What's up? Welcome back to our third podcast. Hi. Woohoo. <laughs> okay. Um, today we're going to be talking about a case that happened in Singapore in 2008. Oh, that's pretty recent. <laughs> yeah. So this is a murder that took place in Lorong Sesui. Today we're going to be talking about the murder of Chu Shui Ying. We're going to call her Ying for short during this entire recording. Um, she was a property agent and she was 47 years old. One day on 20th October when a jogger was jogging by, he noticed such a foul smell coming and he was looking around like, what the hell, you know? Yeah. And he found a freaking dead body. He was so freaking frightened. He immediately rang the police up and they came down and they could not identify if it was a male or a female or how old the person might be because that's how long the cops have been there. Oh gosh. Yeah. It's how many days was the cops there? Four freaking days. Wow. That's a really long time. It took them... It was nearly impossible for them to identify who the murdered was. They had to identify it through um, the teeth. Yeah. Yeah, so they took an x-ray of the teeth and then they found that the teeth had implants and bridging work. So each implant and bridging work has a serial number so they can easily identify like which dentist buys their implants from companies with this serial number. Yeah. So they did all the digging, digging, digging and they found out that it was Ying. Um, she lives in a rental flat so the police went to her rental flat to get a confirmation DNA sample to just um, make sure that you know it is her yeah yeah so they got a toothbrush comb and a cup and it's confirmed that you know it's her so like the police started investigating like who could have done this you know they found out that there's actually a car registered to her name and at the scene of the crime there was broken headlights so the police um, kept a lookout for the car and found it. It was at, abandoned at a warehouse with broken headlights. Oh. They opened the car and they found blood in it. And it was Ying's blood. Oh, so yeah. she was murdered in her car. Maybe. Um, they found out that her phone was missing and worked together with her phone company and they actually traced recent phone calls made on the day or around the day. Police got the three numbers that was dialed so the three numbers belonged to firstly Zubaida secondly Jelly as in J-E-L-L-Y that's a cute name that's an odd name it's a food okay and finally Adros Adros I hope I'm pronouncing it right um so let oh god the sniffing right it's so loud sorry guys so the police contacted all three of them to come down for investigation so Zubaira firstly is a 50 year old cleaning lady she works at the train station and she said that a man named Ali called her using that number regarding a job offer and secondly Jelly was nowhere to be found the police could not contact her but the police found out that Jelly is someone who is overstaying in our country from Indonesia Mm. And thirdly, a man named Adros who um, came down for his police investigation and said that he met Ali. Um, he was contacted using this number by Ali who he knows from prison. So now that we know all three people that Ali called, let's get into Ali. Rosli bin 
Yasin is a 52-year-old male. Uh-huh. And here's the timeline, right? On 13th of October, he met um, Zubaida at a train station and offered her a job, a cleaning job, because she's a cleaning lady. And he said that he's starting up a company and he wants um, cleaners. He invited her and all of her friends to come and join the company. And they exchanged phone numbers and met up on 16th of October. The day of Ying's death. The day of Ying's death. At 10 a.m. they met up. Um, they were talking, you know, Zubaida brought a friend along. And Rosalie went alone. And they were talking and okay, Ali borrowed her phone and stepped aside to make a phone call. But never came back. And I guess he is using... Zubaira's phone to make all the call to make all the call that's why um, Zubaira's number was reflected in Ying's phone yeah. Zubaira actually also made a police report of her stolen phone on the day itself 16th of October so then later um, at 2pm on 16th of October um, Rosalie went to meet Ying with Jelly ooh yep Jelly is an accomplice Jelly and Rosalie Ali are like partners in crime. Wow, okay. Yep. Yep. So they met up at a library. Um, all three of them, they were discussing some stuff and then Ali told Jelly to wait at the library and Ying and Ali went on a drive. They were discussing some uh, matters. Uh, they are apparently business partners. They are venturing in a business together. They went on a drive. They got into a heated argument. I think um, Ying was asking for her money back from Ali so I think wow, Ali so he just like cheated her for money too yeah so she she called him a fraud and said that she was going to call the police and he got so triggered he started kicking her and hitting her on her face on her head Damn, and okay. then you know um, Ali suggested to take this conversation outside of the car so they stopped at Lorong Sesue the you know the the, the crime scene the crime scene and you know, things didn't get better. They just got more into a heated argument and he started hitting her even more. She fell and she was unconscious and he dragged her body behind some trees, left her for dead, drove off and while he was backing the car, you know, one of the headlights hit the trees and that's how the cops found the headlights. He abandoned the car and took a phone and left back to... Jelly. Okay. Well, that was a lot. Yeah. And finally, we meet Ardos. Adros, sorry. Adros, the third um, number that he called, right? Mm. Using Ying's phone. So, Adros and Ali met in prison, like I mentioned earlier. And they are friends, according to Adros. So, they met up one day at a coffee shop. And um, Jelly brought... And, I mean, Ali brought Jelly along and introduced um, Jelly as his wife. Oh, they were having a meal and Ali um, presented an idea to Adro saying that he just inherited millions, <laughs> millions okay, of dollars from his father. Adros was like, oh yeah, you know, like let's yeah. do it. If you have money, I'll do anything, you know. And so Ali's proposal was to open up a hawker stall and he said he's unable to withdraw the money. So he took out um, a check from Jelly's handbag and presented it to Adro saying that this is a check for $500,000. I want you to write 
this check to your bank account. So, um, I just was shocked, you know, and I just saw that the check was already signed. And he said, like, who signed this check? You know, he said that my lawyer signed it, so don't worry. But it's actually freaking jelly signature, okay? Jelly uh-huh. forged the signature. And so I just wrote his name and he cashed in the check to yeah. his own bank account of five hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And then later, um later that day, um Jelly asked for a loan of one thousand four hundred dollars. And and so he did it and Jelly took a thousand dollars and Ali took four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And a few days later, on twentieth of October, um Ali asked Adros again for another loan, but this time, $10,000. And he said, you know what? Like, we already gave you $500,000. What is $10,000? Can you just um, give us some money and just minus it from the $500,000 that we gave you? you yeah. Know? And so Adros was like, I mean, I mean, what is $10,000 compared to $500,000, right? Yeah. So that day itself... Adros got a call from the bank informing him that the $500,000 which was banked was rejected because the signature was unauthorized. It's different than the usual signature. And so that's when Adros kept on trying to contact Ali. Like, yo, your check bounced, you know? Yeah. But Ali never picked up the phone. And that check that Ali actually used is a check taken from Ying's bag. Ooh. Yeah, so they were trying to take the money off of Ying's bank account and forging Ying's signature. Yeah. But the bank noticed that this is not Ying's signature. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so finally, the police managed to track this freaking Ali and Jelly down. They were staying in a resort in Sentosa. Yeah, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine us trying to go to Sentosa now, man. Like, we can't even afford to, like, do anything there. Right? $4 monorail, what? (laughs) So, they were staying in Sentosa and the police were undercover and, you know, completely, like, secured the perimeter. Yeah. And as soon as they went in, knock, knock, room service. When they opened the door, CID. And then they, like, busted in, got them in handcuffs, pressed them. Yes. And finally, they caught him, you know, and then the investigations went on and they got Jelly to confess that, you know, she was the one who fake signed the checks because Jelly told her to. Yeah. And, you know, the police got all the evidence and they charged him for frauding, you know, uh, Zubaida, Adros, and they also found out that he had done this to several people before, Zubaira and Adro. So they charged him for all of those in- instances as well. They charged Jelly for fraud and cheating as well. Yeah. Um, and Ali also got charged for the freaking murder of Ying. Oh um, So Ali got charged with something worse than imprisonment. It's called preventive detention. I oh. think that means that um, the police don't want you to ever rejoin society because if you go to jail, you can eventually rejoin society, right? Yeah, like Ardos. But Ali never showed any remorse for the murder. Uh-huh. Ali said that, you know what, I didn't leave her. She wasn't dead, you know, but you left her for dead. You took yeah. a phone, you took a handbag. She's beaten up so badly. He aimed for her head. That's yeah. like, that's a head place where you yeah. kill. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the judge and the lawyers, they, they all said that he showed absolutely no remorse and he's done this 
fraud and cheating for so many years that they feel like imprisonment it's not enough. They want to protect the public from him. Mm. So they put him in preventive detention for 20 years and this is justice. Yeah. And Jelly was um just serving imprisonment for I think 36 months. And she also had a big fine. Mm. Yeah. I mean, what do you feel about this? I mean, I think it's freaking crazy. Yeah, it's just so like how can you not have guilt after all of that? Like how do you sleep at night? I wonder what really went on between Ying and Ali, Ali like yeah. how did their worlds collide when mm-hmm. worlds collide <laughs> yeah i mean like it's so unfortunate would you ever trust a friend and give them such a hefty amount of money i feel like i wouldn't want to but if given the situation can you really say no like it's very difficult yeah especially if they give you like 500,000 yeah but i think I think maybe in 2008 yeah things were a bit different but I feel like now in 2020 people are hella cautious you know they don't yeah. do they don't trust easily yeah it's so unfortunate to think how like just like Zubaida probably you know um, yeah just a poor Ying, old lady yeah i mean sh- Ying was like doing her own stuff and then Ali approached her and conned her and frauded her because she was a bit bold threatened him he just snapped and like murdered her you know yeah yeah i just feel like it's really unfortunate they were both uh cheated everyone here was cheated like by it Ali. feels like a wrong time wrong place scenario right cuz for them to actually trust him he should be really charismatic yeah. you know and he he should sound like he knows what he's talking about yeah so that's <laughs> it you guys for today's story uh we hope you enjoyed and if you know more on this case like tweet us we have freaking twitter now eh follow us twitter it's just homebrewed evil so follow us and if we if we said anything wrong you can come trash us there um <laughs> cancel culture is for boomers just saying oh see it's always the gen z's who call out and if you have any recommendations of stories please throw it our way Yes sir. Okay. <laughs> so, bye. bye.